Welcome to Getaway Car, the podcast hosted by two sisters discussing all the amazing places we've been lucky enough to travel. I'm Beanie. And I'm Katie. Join us each week as we break down each stop on the road trips we've taken. We'll tell you about all our favorite places, funny stories, mistakes we made, and everything that happens on one of our road trips. We'll make recommendations and ask for yours. Join us in the Getaway Car. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Getaway Car. This week, we are leaving Texas and we're headed into Mississippi. Yes, we are. We did a lot of stuff in Mississippi. Yes, and we actually were allowed to take photos of most of it, so yes. this will be a much more productive <laughs> episode. So we went to Natchez, Mississippi. We got there sort of late in the day, We got and we went straight to like the visitor center, which is on like the bluffs overlooking the river. Which is gorgeous at sunset, by the way. It is really pretty. Um, so we got some really nice pictures of the bluffs right along the waterfront. They have a couple of little plaques along the water that explain like the history of the area and such. I think my favorite one being the story of Jim Bowie. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Oddly. that. So I'm sure you've heard of Bowie Knives. Uh, apparently they're named after this duel that happened. At, I think you're going to say this dude. <laughs> <laughs> after this dude who fought this duel <laughs> in Natchez. So we have a little blurb from one of the plaques near, by the river. The most famous duel in Natchez history happened in 1827 on a sandbar north of Natchez under the hill. The principals each fired two shots, missed their marks, and shook hands. A fight between their supporters broke out and two men were killed and four wounded. The sandbar fight made Jim Bowie famous. Although shot twice and stabbed, Bowie managed to kill one person and wound another with a special knife that became known as the Bowie knife. So there's your little history lesson for this week. Can you imagine you like go and meet up with this guy and you're like, we're going to be gentlemen about this. We're going to have a gentleman's duel. We're both going to shoot. They both miss. And then they're both like, all right, that's fair. Like we, we did our thing. Each missed we're fine. twice. Yeah. Which uh, you're terrible shots, but also guns well, were not uh, that like accurate either, back in the day. Either you didn't really want to fight that fight and yeah. both of you are missing on purpose, which, okay, I guess save face, like whatever. <laughs> Or you're both really terrible shots, in which case, why would you agree to a duel? I mean, so there there was a time, I think, where I could be totally wrong. But I think there were definitely moments when people were expected to duel over certain things. Like, it was like, you weren't respectable if you didn't challenge someone to a duel over certain things. All right. But I think it was also a gentlemanly thing to do to deliberately miss. So okay. I think there might have been, an, I don't know about this fight in particular, but that might have been an element at certain points in history to be like, you're not actually trying to kill each other. You're just saying, we dueled over it because that's what you do in this situation. Right. We'll accept the outcome of the duel. Yes. And then yeah. to have your supporters be like, well, now we're going to fight. You're like, oh shit, that, that didn't work. Well, that got a little out of hand. <laughs> We agreed Um, that we were going to be fine with this, guys. So, yeah, that's where Bowie knives come from. Mm -hmm. Congrats. Now that's a thing that you know. (laughs) We just, like, wandered along the bluffs. There's, like, a little path that runs right along the water. And you can see, like, the bridge over the Mississippi. And we were there right at sunset, which was just really pretty. So beautiful. So that's how we got introduced to Natchez. And then we just drove around a little bit. We have notes that we went to the Natchez Cemetery. We didn't take any pictures there. I don't really know why. I don't remember. I don't know if they Um, weren't allowed or if we just didn't feel like we should or yeah, i feel like it's outdoor probably like, they can't really forbid you but we don't have I'm any sure. pictures of it i don't know if we lost them or what happened maybe it was a really um, ugly sim- i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um we do have pictures really crazy looking house in that general area yeah maybe it's like locally famous or something it's kind of a standout so i'm sure people in not just yeah. know exactly what we're it talking looks about. like it might be a tourist destination it looks like a packet of gigantic stickers exploded all over a house kind of it's there's all these like tchotchkes and unique. gadgets and stuffed animals and toys i remember tweety bird yes <laughs> i know that it's just this random house and it is decorated like every inch of it is covered in 
stuff. Yeah, there's like figurines and little angel statues and flowers and, and plants and all kinds holiday of holiday decorations that aren't the current holiday. Yeah, like literally every inch of this house and the sidewalk in front of it is just covered. Yeah. So we took pictures of that as like a very random landmark that we stumbled across. Yeah. Um, so we'll post some of those. And then we went to try and find food. Nachos is not open very late in general. So we struggled with that for a little bit and ended up at a Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. So, hooray, Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> Thank um, you for being open and letting us in. Yeah, seriously. We have a weird entry in our road trip journal that neither one of us remember, which is odd. Usually one or the other of us will trigger something and we'll Yeah, for us to write it of... down, it must have been quite the experience, but neither of us can remember what it was. Yeah, but our, our notes say... By the time we went looking for dinner, all of the restaurants were closed. We had an encounter with a very intoxicated couple at one restaurant, and then we were then told the restaurant was closing. And neither one of us remembers the intoxicated couple, the restaurant, like nothing about this. It's like it was erased from our memories. Yeah. So. I wonder if the couple was so belligerent that they were like, we're closing down for the evening. This kind, no the way we people. phrased it, I kind of wonder. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was. Just, it's just very odd for neither of us to remember anything about it. So we ended up at Ruby Tuesdays. We had a lovely, lovely waiter who took very good care of us. And then we went back to the hotel for the night. Shout out to Kendrick. Yeah. Whose name we did write down. I'm very proud to say. All right. Kendrick, <laughs> hope you ended up going to nursing school. You'd be awesome as a nurse. Yes. You were so lovely. Go for it. So the next morning we woke up and we went to explore Notch's historic district, mm. which was really cool. We went to the William Johnson house. Yes. So William Johnson is known as the barber of Notch's, not in like a murdery way, but in like a haircutting kind of way. <laughs> I do remember we've made some, some Sweeney Todd jokes when we got there. We were like, is this yeah. barber? in quotes or is he actually a barber well because the He's way that they barber. phrase it like barber of notches is written in quotes like as if it's some yeah. like, honorary title for some serial killer nope yeah actually it does was a barber like a serial killer title so william johnson very cool dude um was a freed slave who managed to like work his way up in society and ended up owning several barber shops and a bathhouse and this really nice brick house in the middle of downtown Natchez. Yeah. Where I guess, I want to say they had the barbershop on the first floor and his family lived above I think there. that's right. I From think. what I remember, again, we weren't allowed to take pictures inside of this building. So we have pictures of the outside and we have pictures of the visitor center we've, we went to, but not the inside of his actual house. And I yeah. think you're correct. I think the business was on the ground floor. Yeah. The ground floor now is the museum entrance kind of thing. So they yeah. have a display with a bunch of his diaries. I guess he kept really up to date diaries of his daily life. And so that's been really helpful for them piecing together his timeline and when things happened to him and everything. Yeah. So a little blurb about the William Johnson house. William Johnson, like we said, was a freed slave who managed to work his way up in society. I just think it's really amazing how much he was able to accomplish, given that this was the Deep South in the early 1800s. Yeah, like, very to, fascinating story. He had to have encountered so many obstacles at every single step of the way. Yeah. But he actually ended up building his own business and then was a slave owner himself eventually, which was a weird twist that I wasn't expecting. Yes. Um, but I guess he had a lot of conflicted feelings on it. So there's actually a little blurb in one of his diaries. Yeah. Uh, so it says, Little in William Johnson's diary provides the reader with insight into his personal feelings about warm family relationships, why he wrote a diary, or even his thoughts about slavery or race. An exception is Johnson's discourse about poor Stephen, a young alcoholic slave who caused Johnson considerable strife. Stephen's disorderly behavior and frequent escapes caused Johnson to become increasingly harsh in doling out punishments. Eventually, under much distress, Johnson sold Stephen. His diary entry about the matter reveals Johnson's conflicted feelings. I rested bad last night. I had much care on my mind. The night appeared very long. 
just thought it was really interesting that this guy worked his way up. And then there's another blurb in here that says slave ownership was a, a signal of economic and social status. By reaching a certain level of financial success, Johnson was able to purchase slaves and profit from slave labor in his business, farmlands, and in his family's home. And I was just kind of taken aback that a former slave would then go on to own slaves. But I guess if you're going to move your way up. If you were successful, you had slaves. I mean, I agree, though. It must have been a very strange thing to be a slave and then be a slave owner like yeah. that's such a crazy transition the psychology of that must be wild yeah but a fascinating story either way for sure it was a, a very interesting stop on our trip yeah so the next place we went was melrose mansion which is on the other side of the city and it's this i don't want to say plantation but estate um, yeah. of the mcmurrin family the blurb for this one, it says Melrose was considered by many to be the finest home in all of the Natchez region. And it's really beautiful. We went and toured the grounds, which include the stables and the carriage house and the slave quarters. Yeah. And then all the gardens and everything. We didn't actually go inside the main house. They charge admission for that. And we didn't actually go in that part. But even just the grounds and everything else was worth going to see, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The grounds are gorgeous. They're really big and beautiful and very well maintained. Yeah. I feel like we mentioned that a lot yeah. when we're going places, <laughs> but like we grew up in a house where we had to do a very large quantity of yard work all the time. So yeah. we tend to notice when things are like really beautifully maintained. We tend to look at it and be like, oh my God, I yeah. know how much work that was. Yeah, I think we're just hyper aware of how much effort that takes. So yeah. anytime we see it, especially something like this, an estate like this, that's so clearly maintained and cultivated and, you know, they clearly have a landscaping staff. You can yeah. tell it's beautiful. Yeah. We were walking around and almost walked through this entire massive spider web. Yeah. And when I say massive, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, not five, just the six, web either. But the like, spider was huge. Yeah. I'm like five, six, and this thing stretched as tall as I was, and probably as big as my arm, both my arms outstretched. It was huge. Gigantic. And this spider was literally the size of my hand, all of my fingers outstretched. Yeah. It was the biggest one I've ever seen in my entire life. I definitely so. took a picture of my hand next to the spider and sent it to your husband who hates spiders with a fiery burning passion. Yeah. He was not happy with me, but I thought it was very funny. Yep. Um, but it was a little terrifying. So we gave it a pretty wide berth after we took a couple pictures and we were like, okay, let's not bump yeah. into anyone. I'm very those. glad we didn't walk through the web. <laughs> So we're walking around and we're enjoying the grounds to one of the staff members in the main building and he's looking at me and I'm wearing flip-flops and he's like, that's not a good idea. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he's like, um, immediately concerned. you need to look where you're walking. Anywhere where you see what looks like a little mound of sand or any kind of sandy areas, don't go there because those are fire ants and they'll eat you if you step on them. And I was yeah. like, Okay. Yeah, like if you step on it, you'll disturb them and they'll all come up and start yeah. biting you. So the first half of the visit for me was like this lovely stroll through the grounds where I just wasn't paying attention to anywhere <laughs> where I was going and almost walk into a spider and almost step on all these fire ant mounds. And then the second half of the visit was me like literally tiptoeing around in my flip-flops like a game of Minesweeper. Like, oh my God, I can't step. So it was very stressful towards yes. the end. Yeah, he just so. handed you some anxiety. He was like, here yep. you go. Yep. Have so. some fear. Don't wear flip-flops if you go there. Yeah. Don't step on the sandy areas. Don't walk through the spider webs. But if you can ignore all of those things, it is a <laughs> lovely place to visit. I feel like this is a very skewed version of our experience. <laughs> it was beautiful. I'll yeah. say it was absolutely stunning. Aside from the bugs, it was beautiful. Yes. 
And we didn't actually encounter any fire ants. I feel like yes. I have to say yeah. that. We I think you did safely a good job avoided all of them. Yes. And we went into the carriage house. The carriage house was really cool. The carriage house was beautiful. And there were um, actually carriages in there. Which, yeah. And then we walked in and there were like three or four of them. And I was like, these are beautiful. Right. And they're in pretty good shape. And like they're all these different styles. And some of them are really ornate and really elaborate. And they're just gorgeous. Yeah. We'll post pictures of those. That was a surprise to me that there were actually some carriages in there. Yeah. And they have this huge, I don't know if it's a poster or display board or something from like the Carriage Association of America. America, which did not know oh, that was a thing. I remember that. I forgot about that. Um, but they have all these pictures of different carriage designs through history, and we were yeah. like nerdily excited about that. Like, yeah. Our dad really loves really old antique cars old and like kind cars, of yeah. overlapping into the carriage era. So we both kind of got a kick out of that. Yeah. Um, so we'll post that too. It's not a very good picture, unfortunately, but it's you'll still get the gist. Yeah. And then we also checked out the slave quarters. We have a couple pictures of that. They have the rooms blocked off behind plexiglass, so you can't actually like go into the slave quarters. But yeah, you can they're see. kind of kept a certain way. Yeah, but they still have a bunch of either original furniture and stuff or replica furniture. I'm not really sure. It doesn't say. Yeah. Or if it does, I don't remember. But they have the beds and items that they would have owned and clothes and stuff like that arranged in the room, so you can see what it was like when they actually lived there, yeah. which is cool. So that was the Melrose Mansion, Melrose Estate. Yeah. And I guess the Melrose family, they got all their money from cotton. It says 132 acres of land just outside Natchez. Over the next eight years, a combination of free and slave labor constructed the estate's mansion and outbuildings. Yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah. It goes on to talk about Mr. McMurrin established a profitable law practice. Huh, One election into the state legislature. Oh, and acquired the first of five plantations and slaves. Okay, so ah, yeah. legal money and cotton so slave money. slave labor. And, you know. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> Lots of money yes. in, in this house. But it is beautiful. And it is. so I, I we can't speak to the inside of the building tour, but the rest of the estate is worth seeing. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You can tour like 90% of the estate. You just can't go in the main house without admission. Yeah. So like you want if you want to pay admission to see the inside of the main house, but you could see the rest of the grounds and buildings without paying anything. So that was very cool. Yeah. So either way. Do whatever you like. Yeah. If you go and you do the tour of the inside, let us know. Send us pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll let you take pictures inside. I don't actually know. I have no idea. Anyway, uh, we were hungry. So we went to Fat Mama's Tamales. Yes. So this was a recommendation from one of our cousins who spent some time in nachos. Mm -hmm. So their signature drink is the Knock You Naked Margarita. Yes. So we got those, of course. Because <laughs> um, you have to. Right? Got to get the signature thing wherever you go. And then we also tried something called Gringo Pie, which yes. was delicious. <laughs> and um, we got a po' boy as well, and we split that. So the food was really good. Margaritas were really good and really strong. Yes. Um, and then the restaurant itself was really cool. It's really cute. It's, it's like bright and colorful yeah. and bottle cap art on the walls and woven blankets on the ceilings. And it's just like a fun, kind of eclectic. It's very, yeah, it's very like, bright, very cheerful, very colorful, happy kind of place. Yeah. And then outside they have this bathtub, like yes. painted knock you naked <laughs> fat mamas. And tourists like us can pose in the bathtub and pretend that you yeah, have them actually I don't not know. naked by the... Exactly. I don't know how that tradition got started or why it's a bathtub yeah. or whatever. But the, yeah, the, the tradition is to go take a picture in the bathtub. So. Yeah. Although now I'm wondering like how many of the tourists actually get naked before they get in the bathtub. Oh, God. <laughs> now I'm a little horrified because I'm like, oh, we got in that tub. Oh, God. Okay. I, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I wish I hadn't thought of that, but... Well, too late now. Yeah. We were clothed in the tub. Yeah, to clarify. <laughs> but other people may not have been. Yeah, the, the bathtub is out on the street. I hope that people aren't getting naked in it. But I'm sure knows? that it's happened. I'm sure it has. We ate food. We stuffed ourselves. We were literally about to explode. And we 
got underway on the next leg of our trip. Yeah. So the next part is the Natchez Trace, which is, is this really long trail that runs through a couple of states. And so we have a couple blurbs for you. Natchez Trace Parkway, stretching from the Mississippi River in Natchez through the Shoals area in Alabama and across the Tennessee Valley to Nashville, the old trace was first used by American Indians. In the early 1800s, it was the main return route for Ohio Valley traders who, rather than fight the Mississippi currents, sold their flatboats for the value of their timber in Natchez and walked home through Choctaw and Chickasaw Territory via the old trace. Wow. So it's this huge long thing that stretched through multiple states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to post a picture of the map because there's a great map of the three states with the Natchez Trace running through them, just to give you an idea of how big and how long and where it, it travels through. Yeah. So we'll, we'll share a picture of that. And then we also have a blurb from the Thousand Places book because, of course, we because do. Of course we do. <laughs> so it says, any trek through the Deep South must include a visit to Natchez, once a bustling Mississippi River port and the fourth wealthiest city in America, after New York, Boston, and Philadelphia. Today, a veritable living museum of pre-Civil War architecture, built between 1790 and 1861 when the cotton and sugarcane trade poured riches into the city's coffers, the city's opulent antebellum plantation homes and stylish townhouses offer glimpses of the grand pre-Civil War lifestyle of wealthy white Mississippians. Oh, it also says, ironically, their preservation is due to the city's occupation by the Union Army at the start of the war, which spared Natchez from significant physical damage. Crazy, right? That's crazy. There's literally like, I think, dozens, if not hundreds of stops along the trace. You yeah. can do an entire vacation and just go top to bottom on here and probably not run out of things to do. Oh, for sure. So we did just a little section of it that overlapped with where we were traveling anyway. So a couple of things that we saw along the way, we stopped at Emerald Mound, which is an eight acre ceremonial mound built between 1200 and 1730. That's a national historic landmark. So we have a picture of the sign from there. Um, which says, before you is the second largest temple mound in the United States. Only Monk's Mound in Cahokia, Illinois is larger. This eight-acre mound, constructed from a natural hill, was built and used from about 1300 to 1600 by Mississippians, ancestors of the Natchez Indians. Unlike dome-shaped mounds constructed only for burials, Emerald Mound supported temples, ceremonial structures, and burials of a complex society's civic and religious leaders. So that's really cool. Like, yeah. The Americas don't get a lot of love for really, really old yeah. stuff. That's um, true. But Europeans is... make fun of Americans because Europeans are like, this is centuries old. And Americans are like, this is 30 years old. Yeah. Like, history is just not as long as theirs, but. Yeah. The next place we went was Mount Locust. Mm-hmm. And that is a restored plantation and historic stand offering house tours, exhibits, and restrooms. So the thing about the Natchez Trace is it's not developed in the conventional sense. There's no gas stations or rest stops or anything. Right. All of these stops are historical markers and such. But Mount Locust, I think we honestly just pulled over because we were looking for somewhere to switch driving. Yeah. And it's really cool. It, it just looks like someone's house. Right. And it's still like dishes on the table, stuff hanging on the hooks there. There's clothes, there's tools out. Everything literally looks Beds like a family made. lives there. And they just walked out and it's just been like frozen and preserved there. Yeah. It's very um, strange. It's really cool though. And it is like, cool. It's just open. Like yeah. there's no... You can go in, you can park touch rangers, stuff. Yeah. There's no check-in. There's no visitor center. It literally is just this house that looks like a family just up and walked out. Yeah. It feels like you're walking around in someone's house and the only indication that it's a site is that there's a plaque outside that indicates what it is. Yeah. And a couple of the rooms do have fenced off barriers so you can see into the room, but you can't actually enter the room. Yeah. But it, it's just so cool. And they have like this shed that still has all of the tools in place. Yeah. Literally like the beds still have clothes laid out on them. It's just... 
it was kind of eerie, but really, really cool. Yeah. I just really, really liked it. Yeah, it was very cool. And it's the, very well done. Yeah, and then they have this the slave cemetery out back. Uh, and then I guess a lot of them were buried initially in, in unmarked graves, but somebody's taken the time to go back and figure out who was buried there. So now they have the names of all the slaves that were buried there. Yeah, some historian um, or genealogist or both. Yeah, so they have a little plaque there. Only one unmarked stone remains. The names of persons known to be buried here are listed below, and they have everyone listed out, which was really cool to yeah, see. Yeah, that's very cool. So we, I mean, that was a quick stop. We were there for, I would say, half an hour or less, but it was just really, really cool. Yeah, it was It was one of those unexpected stops that we ended up really enjoying. Yeah, so don't discount those. Sometimes they're the best part. Exactly. You never but, know. So that kind of sums up Natchez, Mississippi, and we kind of looped the Natchez Trace into that stop as well. Yeah, busy time um, in Natchez. Yeah, but we really enjoyed it, and it was one of those stops that I didn't have a lot planned. We were able to fill the time very easily. There was a lot to do, and I feel like we could have stayed there a lot longer and still have had plenty to do. Yeah, I feel like there's a ton of stuff. If we ever went back, there's a whole bunch of other things we could see. Yeah, um, so that was a really pleasant surprise. Yeah. So, hooray, Natchez. Hooray, Natchez. How about mistakes were made? Oh, I don't know. I think the only thing I come up with was don't wear flip-flops tomorrow, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I mean, I uh, gosh, yeah, I guess talking to the staff or park rangers anywhere, again, I know I've said it before, but I mean, they're the ones who know stuff like that. We wouldn't have known that there were fire ants everywhere unless, Fair. you know, it's, it's... That would have been a bad day. Yeah. You stepped on a fire ant mound. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, and that's the kind of thing that can ruin your day or several days of a trip is yeah. if you, like, get bit by something. You know, yeah, talk to the staff somewhere. They're usually really well-informed on the places they work, and they have tips like that where they're like, hey, you're wearing flip-flops. FYI, there are fire ants. Yeah. yeah. Don't die. Yeah. Less of a mistakes were made and just more of a, a tip, I guess. Yeah. It would have been a very bad mistake if, yes. it, had been, yeah. if it had happened. I'm grateful that our mistake wasn't we got covered in fire ants. Yeah. And then I died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, it's matches. So we'll post some pictures as always. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot more from this leg of the trip, thankfully. So yes. keep an eye out for those. They'll be on our Instagram at Getaway Car Pod. Yeah. And until next time, enjoy your ride in the getaway car. Bye. Bye.